thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the living word. Lord, I thank you that the words that we speak, they give life. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Your, your word, hallelujah, is spirit and life. Hallelujah. That the same words that Jesus spoke, Lord, we, we speak. We speak the words of God. Uh, thank you, Father, for the life that is in the word. We thank you for the life that is in the scriptures, God. We say the word is our inheritance. We agree with God. We speak life. We declare life. We thank you for the life of God. We just uh, receive God. I thank you that um, we could say, um, like Jesus, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall prosper in the thing for which I send it, and it shall not return to me void. Lord, we thank you that our words, they continue. Lord, they, they accomplish, they succeed. Hallelujah. It does not return void. We thank you for that inheritance. We thank you for that power. Uh, Lord, I just um, ask the, for every hearer that the word would settle upon them, that it would resonate, that it would stick Lord, that it would speak to them what you want to say. And we thank you for the word that came down from heaven. And we receive your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've been meditating. Uh, there's just this theme that's been coming up in, in my spirit, my thoughts. And I kind of find it interesting, but... Um, I just really feel um, that there's an invitation to uh, for us to meditate. There's something powerful about resurrection. Um, it seems like a stretch of faith to believe in the resurrection of the dead. But we are actually saved. We are actually saved if you if you think about meditate on even in Romans where it says that if you believe that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him Jesus from the dead you shall be saved I mean think about this we are saved we are actually saved something happens to you there's something powerful there's a deliverance there's a salvation that comes by believing in raising the dead and not just raising the dead in general but that Jesus was raised from the dead um, I just think there's something powerful and fascinating there uh, there's literally a supernatural invitation to believe uh, in the resurrection of the dead raising the dead in Hebrews it talks about the elementary principles I believe it's Hebrews chapter 6 and he talks about not laying the foundations of the resurrection of the dead um, you think about for a second in those times the resurrection of the dead was an elementary principle it's a it's a basic doctrinal foundation and um, if you look at the history of the the 
the church fathers, the resurrections of the dead were common. They were, um, there was something that was, you know, um, you, you'll find it in the history, in history books that the church fathers and those, the, the saints in those times, the resurrection of the dead was something that was um, um, expected. There was something that was welcomed, something that it was, you know, um, manifested in the in the saints. Um, so um, I think that we there's something that um, we are missing. Not the fact that we haven't received everything that God, but missing in our in our meditation. There's something that we are not tapping into that's been made available to us, really, and that is the revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you hear me always talk about Ephesians chapter 1, but in Ephesians chapter 1, oh, Paul's apostolic prayer, uh, when he says that he did not cease to pray, um, he would not cease to pray that God, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And in one of those, it says that you might know what is the exceeding greatness that you might know it that you might know intimately know be acquainted with know what is the exceeding greatness of his power Paul's praying that we would know the power the exceeding greatness of his power and he says which power so we ask which which power but Paul identifies not just any power but it's the power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead he raised him from the dead and made him sit oh, in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father. Oh, there is a power. There is a power that we are to know. There is a power that's been made available. Um, and again, you know, as the believers, we stop short of the death and the burial of Jesus. And we meditate on his death and his sufferings. But it was not just unto death. Jesus didn't just die. He raised from the dead. He rose from the dead. And, you know, I, I always like this phrase. It's like he didn't just come to die for us. He came to raise for us. He, come to, he, be, he came to be resurrected for us. Now, what's the message in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? What's the message? Is that he has power over death. Power over physical death. This is very, very real. There's something... This is not just a mystical, um, just an ethereal revelation of, this is not just a, um, a teaching or a truth, and, but there is a defiance that Jesus, um, there's a defiance that Jesus walked in against death itself. Um, in Hebrews, it also talks about that he came to destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Now think about that. Jesus purposely came, was sent on a mission to destroy him who had the power of death. Now think about that. Think about that. That what God and Jesus, they are against. They are against death. They are against it. He was sent from heaven to destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And... I just believe that maybe in some ways we have allowed and allowed our thinking to accept death, that um, God allows 
death because we obviously doesn't keep everyone alive. So we assume that God just allowed death because he's in complete control. Um, uh, but there's a problem with that because um, raising the dead means that um, if God commands us, and this is the verse that um, when he sent out, sent out the 12 in Matthew chapter 10, he sent them out and this is what he told them. This is what he told them. Now think about this. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, the, what is the kingdom of heaven about? So when you say, when you go, you say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he's, Jesus says, prove it by, and he says in verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Uh, just meditate. Let, there's something transformational about this verse right here. Because who is Jesus talking to? Is he talking to God? Is he talking to God? Is he asking God? Is he praying to God? Is Jesus praying to God in this? Who is he speaking to? Because it would make sense that Jesus would, it would almost sound like a command or a petition, um, but he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now think about what he's made the disciples aware of right there. Number one, they have received something freely. Absolutely freely. Another thing that that is um, interesting here is that he commands them, he commands the disciples to execute these things. He's not saying, now go, go, um, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is in hand, and then pray. He didn't say, pray to God, pray to me, pray to the Father that he heals the sick, that he cleanses the lepers, and that he raises the dead. No, he tells them to do this. As if they were perfectly capable. And Jesus believes, and I just want to put this out there, what Jesus believes about the truth that's the only truth if Jesus believes that we can heal the sick cleanse the lepers and raise the dead then we can do it why would he command us to do something he would not empower us to do and how could he put that kind of authority in the hands of his disciples this is the shock this is the absolute shock now if I was one of the disciples uh, in our earthly thinking, I would go to a town. He sends me and I say, okay, Jesus, um, I'll, we'll go forth. We'll preach. We'll say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, you come to a city. You see sick people. You see lepers. You hear that there's been deaths in the city. What would be, uh, this, is, this is what believers would say in our time now. This is the way we think. We go to a city, we find out there that, that somebody died, and you know what we think? It must have been the will of God that they died, because they died. He would have kept them alive. 
Now think about this. People die. People normally die of either sickness, age, accidents, I mean, murder. There's a couple of reasons. Now, which kind of dead, which kind of death is a legal death? Which kind of death does God allow? That's a tough question to ask, right? And it's funny that Jesus stayed general. Jesus proclaimed, go into a city, preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and manifest the will of heaven. Reveal what is the will of heaven. What is the will of heaven? Resurrection from the dead. It is an overturning and a defiance to death. It is a defiance to death. It is a defiance. It is, a, it is an absolute reversal of what we've come to accept in normal life. Think about this. Jesus rose from the dead. We are saved by this. We're saved by believing in the resurrection of the dead. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. We just, I just thank you, Father, for this authority. I thank you for the authority of the name of Jesus. I thank you that we have freely received <laughs> and that we can freely give what we have received, this authority to raise the dead. Lord, we, I just thank you that heaven is against death. I thank you that in heaven, heaven is rooting. Heaven's reality is the resurrection of the dead, the abolishment of death immortality Lord I thank you for the that you have given us immortality just thank you Father in Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ listen to this verse in John chapter 5 21 Jesus says for as the Father raises the dead and gives life to now think about this the Father God the Father raises the dead that means that um, that person wasn't supposed to die do you see that we look at a death and we say well God took him home now I'm very careful about that kind of a phrase because uh, if a believer dies I believe he is in the presence of God but I don't go as far to say that God took him God will receive you if we die it's not, I don't believe that, um, you know, if people die, a believer dies of some, um, some kind of a, you know, accident or a sickness. I don't think there's any guilt or condemnation in, in, in believing that God, we go with the Lord when we die or that, um, you know, we, uh, in some way of um, allowed or, or been permissive or of any kind of thing that would take our lives. But I, I don't believe that God takes us. I personally, because of, the because of the message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of what he has commanded me to raise the dead, because he didn't call us to pray for people to die. 
right? I mean, what kind? Imagine, imagine if Jesus said, "Now go on around and make sure that my will is done. Make sure that uh, people are to go home. Pray that they go with, you know, that God that I take them out." As a matter of fact, it's the complete opposite. He wants us to pray for the resurrection of the dead, not to to ask, not not just to, uh, but believe in the resurrection of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> there should be something in us there should be something in us that should be like we should be in awe there should be like a terror there should be a holy terror there should be a um, a majesty a revel that we should be conscious of the revelation that Jesus came to destroy death in his own resurrection. Paul prays that we might know the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. As the father raises the dead, so the son. See, it's the family business. It's the family. It's the culture of, of our family. The heavenly culture. The, the Trinitarian way. Raising the dead is the Trinitarian way. Raising the dead, the resurrection of the dead is our inheritance. It is our inheritance. We are to be like our Father, defying death on the planet, raising the dead. We should be more hesitant. We should be more hesitant in, in giving God the credit for a death. We should give him more credit for the resurrection. We should be skeptical. We should be skeptical. We should defend the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. Um, we, we are called to be resurrection champions. And uh, as far as like the nuts and bolts of this, it is, uh, it's not an easy thing. Um, my dad was... Um, had suffered a, an illness um, to the point where um, you know he he passed away in front of me I literally saw him take his last breath uh, in my mother's home and there was a, um, a hospice there but I had the chance um, I was contending. I was, it was at the beginning of something started to change in me and my beliefs about sickness and death and resurrection. But, uh, I'll tell you what, my resolve was tested. Um, took his last breath and it was a very, it was a very, uh, awkward struggle, but I began to pray for his resurrection um, so much so, I mean, I was, I jumped on his body. He had become stiff. Um, but I just remember, um, there was some brothers with me in the same room, but I remember for a while I was just, you know, shaking his body, literally slamming his body, um, on his bed, you know, for the resurrection. And I'm tell you what, I tell you what. Do, when you do something like that, you you are literally challenging 
beliefs within you about who God is, what he's spoken. Is he the God of the dead or the living? But he's the God of the living. Um, but um, I remember it was just a very emotional, uh, trying time. Um, and though I didn't see uh, the resurrection, I uh, there was something was challenged in me, um, a contradiction. Uh, how much do I believe in the resurrection of the dead? Um, there was there was definitely a wrestling within me, um, and so. But it's a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal to defy death on the planet. We can easily just say, hey, we can just surrender. We can, you know, uh, go with the Lord. Even Paul says, I, I want to, I'd rather go, but I need to stay here for you because, I mean, can you imagine one who was caught up in the heavenlies and having encounters? Of course, all you would long, I mean, living so close to heaven on earth, why not go all the way? Ha. Uh, so I can understand Paul wanting to go, but it's not because of just death. It's not just because, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, there was some, there's some, uh, you know, there's some um, reason uh, when you think about Paul, when he says, I'm going to put off this tent, uh, we don't know. We can come up with a theology. And that's the problem. We come up with all these reasons of why God would take you because we want to just, we want to make sense of all oh, the, the, the death that is around us so much. That's the only way we can make sense of it. Isn't that amazing that we, that it's, we believe it's easier for God to just take somebody home than it is to raise the dead? I just don't get it. We can ascribe to God like as if that's all God does is just take people home. How about we believe in the resurrection? How about we believe that God raises from the dead? That God has something to say about death. That God has something to say about the victory of Jesus overcoming death. How about we have a message of Jesus overturning what happened in the garden when he says you shall eat or you shall surely die. How about we overturn that? How about we bring the message and make known the resurrection of Jesus Christ that Jesus has done, that he's the, the last Adam, has overturned what the first Adam has done, and that now we can not only live eternal life, but raise people from the dead. And even Paul talks about there's mentions of immortality. John, Jesus telling Peter that what if I make him stay till I come back? We don't know what's... Um, you know, we don't know. Um, and see, this is a bizarre for somebody to say that there's actually people that are living a long, long time. We don't know that. We don't know if there's been people that are living for hundreds of years. And see how hard it is if just to say that and hear that and be like, well, I don't know. Because we're so programmed to this world, this reality. But um, anyways, there was a time when Right after my father, um, I was in a hospital praying for the sick um, with a group of other people. And I remember there was a family that uh, they saw us praying and they came to us and they said, Oh, um, 
one of our, uh, I think it was one of our daughters, she, um, I don't know if it was the parents, I think I believe it was the parents, daughter had um, given birth, but the baby's stillborn, it was born dead, and it's just laying there on the, on a bed, it's laying on its, in the place just sitting there, and they, we prayed, we prayed, and we were there for quite a while. Um, we prayed with them, um, and later on, they come back, and they said, the baby is alive. They came to me, and they said, oh, we just want you to know that the baby came back to life. It was just sitting there, um, lifeless, and the baby started to breathe, and it came back to life. And they asked me what my name was, and they said they were going to name the child after me. <laughs> um, you know, um, so that happened. I had, at the moment, I was just, I didn't even know how to receive that. And in my logic, this is the, in my logic, there was a temptation to say, well, you know, the baby just probably just, you know, came back. But... There's, I, my logic would, you know, it was trying to justify. It was trying to make a justification of why God wouldn't do it. Of why God wouldn't do it. These are the arguments that we have in our minds. The arguments of why, why God wouldn't do something. But beloved, he's the resurrection and the life. This is who he lives in us. We have the resurrection and the life living inside of us. Oh. Well, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. This is the command I received of my Father. We can only say, like Jesus, there's Jesus is our model, our inheritance. No one takes our life. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I lay it down of my own accord. Whoa. Whoa. You think about Paul when he was stoned. And... It says that the believers came and he got up. They, they, they gave him as dead. I think he died when he was stoned. And he, either he rose himself from the dead, but the believers, they didn't just say, hey, well, that's, he's a martyr. And he's like, nope, we're going to raise him from the dead. The resurrection of the... Can you imagine? They're, they're probably under Paul's teaching. He's praying that they know the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So they're like, well, I guess he's taught us to pray for the res to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the resurrection power. Um, we can't just leave Paul here. <laughs> resurrection of the dead <laughs> is a revelation that not all deaths are the will of God. That are not the will of God. They're not the will of God's not in agreement. God's not in agreement with death. God's not in agreement with it. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come to give life and life more abundantly. Life more abundantly. Lord, I ask you for the revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the power of his resurrection. Make it manifest, make it real, powerful. Lord, we release the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Think about that. 
think about that, that Paul, but if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, he will quicken our mortal bodies. Do you, do you believe sometimes you, do you ever think that Paul, that's the scripture, that's the belief that Paul used to raise himself from the dead when he was, he had died and he was like the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. <laughs> and in Paul in Philippians, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead, <laughs> there's something that we it's safe to believe it's safe to believe in death but I don't know why we are afraid I'd rather err and believe that God can raise somebody from the dead I'd rather err I'd rather be around, you know, if somebody died and they're like, well, God took them and I'm lost. I'd rather err. I'd rather be in sin then and believe that I that God can raise that person from the dead, that I can raise him from the dead and defy the power of death, make that person a testimony, reveal the kingdom of heaven on at hand, Manifest the kingdom of heaven at hand by raising people from the dead. Raising people from the dead. This is our inheritance. I'd rather err. I'd rather apologize. I mean, I'd rather err in belief that God wants to raise people from the dead, that we come to live immortal lives, eternal life, eternal life. Uh, oh, Lord, we thank you for power over death, over sickness, over disease, over every sickness. You've given us authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I thank you for the truth and the power of this reality that is our inheritance. We freely have received this authority. We freely have received it. And now, God, we freely give it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. Amen. Amen. <laughs>